0: you're listening to new england public media news i'm adam franier and this is the shortlist any pm's week in review joining us today on the line mike dobbs executive editor with the reminder newspapers and freelance journalist carrie saldo mike carrie thanks for being with us today thank Glad you. To be here. Tuesday was preliminary election day in a few Western Mass communities. In the race for Holyoke Mayor, City Councilor Michael Sullivan and Joshua Garcia, who's the town administrator in Blandford, advanced to November's general election. They were the top two finishers in the seven-person field. After his victory, Sullivan said there's several issues he'll continue to focus on. We've got to bring uh, some uh, business and good-paying jobs back to Holyoke. We've got to take back control of our schools. And we really, really got to rebuild our infrastructure. Garcia, who came in second, said better management is needed to accomplish those things. Each of these elements are very dependent on how well we operate internally as a local government. And I think that that's what we're failing. So, Mike, how do you size up these two finalists?
1: Well, it it could be easy to say that we're talking about New Holyoke, old Holyoke here. Uh, You know, we're talking about a Latinx uh, candidate who's made it to the November ballot versus um, a veteran city councillor of Irish-American extraction who's on the ballot as well. But I don't think it's quite that easy. I, I do think that what we're looking at here is the aftermath of the Morse administration, the things that he left behind that needs to get done, uh, and there's plenty that needs to be addressed in the city of Holyoke that wasn't addressed during the Morse administration. I think it's very interesting that we have someone who is the Blandford town administrator and that he is very used to dealing with the state versus a city councilor who has a sort of a completely different point of view on municipal government. I, I think this is going to give the voters of Holyoke a very, very good set of options in terms of the candidates and what they represent.
0: Of course, Alex Morse was the mayor in Holyoke. Into the early part of this year before departing for a town manager job in Provincetown. Garcia's strong showing came despite only being fifth in money raised during the campaign, according to the latest state data. Carrie, does fundraising matter less at a local level?
2: I was really interested to see that in your reporting, Adam, because, you know, we usually talk about money being really key in politics, and this race really proved that wrong. Money didn't seem to be as big of an issue. I think for both of these guys, job one is going to be voter turnout. It was abysmal. You had seven people and seven diverse candidates on the preliminary election ballot here in Holyoke, and you saw what voter turnout at hovering at just below 19%. Now, preliminary turnout historically is is pretty low no matter where you are. But with seven people, and as I said, seven diverse candidates on the ballot there, I really expected to see voter turnout higher than it was. No matter how you slice it, these guys are going to have to really do boots on the ground politics and, and turn out that vote. if they want want to hold the office.
0: Also this week, Massachusetts lawmakers released a bill with wide-ranging reforms to veterans' care. The bill calls for changes in how the Holyoke Soldiers' Home is operated. The state-run facility was the site of a COVID-19 outbreak where more than 70 veterans died last year. Two leaders of the Soldiers' Home are facing criminal neglect charges over their handling of the crisis. Carrie, are there some provisions in the reform bill that caught your eye?
2: This is finally some change for the Soldiers' Home. I think those of us who've been watching this locally The crowding issues, the lack of staffing, those are two of the worst kept secrets in our community, right? And now there's finally statewide attention on this and the headline even called it, right? On what was a preventable tragedy. I think that there are some provisions in it that are a bit of lip service, the hotline to report issues. You know, when I was reporting on this actively, I spoke with people who were using the hotline and saying all they were getting were more questions and not enough answers. Whether whether or not any we see any change out of this, I think, remains to be seen. Call me a skeptic. But as we've been watching these issues of the overcrowding and the lack of staffing for years, I really think it's going to come down to public, uh, public pressure on this if we're actually going to see any kind of positive change come.
0: Mike, did lawmakers miss
1: anything with this legislation? Uh, no, I mean, I, I I looked through it quickly, and I have to say, there's a lot of stuff that they are addressing. The, the bottom line, unfortunately, is the Holyoke Soldiers' Home has been one of those issues that over the over the years. They've never gotten the funding they needed. They've never gotten the attention they needed. And the, the whole idea that the, the, the lead of the Holyoke Soldiers Home is very much a political appointment is something that is so desperately wrong. Uh, we need professionals in these positions. We need adequate funding in these positions. Now, the services at the Holyoke Soldiers Home are going to be used more and more over the next few years, uh, certainly by people who have come out of the Afghanistan and Iraq crisis Uh, and wars. So uh, it's about time that we do stuff like this.
0: Moving along, officials in Springfield this week began an outreach effort to get more young people vaccinated against COVID-19. Students with parental permission began receiving shots at Central High School, and some of them begged their classmates to do the same, including Olivia Romito.
1: I'm scared of needles, so I was just very anxious about it, but it's not that bad. Suck it up, deal with it, you'll get over it.
0: Health officials say of late there's been more cases in people under 20 than any other age group in Springfield. The vaccination rate for 12 to 19 year olds is less than 40 percent in the city. Mike, is promoting vaccines in the Springfield schools an effective strategy in raising the city's overall rate, which is also lagging?
1: We we have to do everything we can in, in an urban center such as Springfield to get people vaccinated. We have to overcome the various objections that that people still are clinging to. I think that this is part of an overall plan to try to get more people vaccinated and perhaps if the kids get vaccinated then they can influence their parents to get vaccinated so yes you know i i'm certainly uh in support of everything that has been attempted in springfield to get people vaccinated
0: carrie parents need to sign off on the shots but could a good type of peer pressure push the kids to get theirs well i mean
2: here's hoping right I did feel for the students when they were when they were talking to Karen. I kept hearing them say, "You know, we just want to get back to normal. And if taking the vaccine is how we do that, then come on, guys, let's just work together." We heard, I think, from a couple of student athletes in that piece that that want to get back to playing and, and feeling safe. So I think I think it's worth a shot.
0: All right, freelance journalist Carrie Saldo and Mike Dobbs with the reminder. Thanks for being with us today. You're Thank welcome. you. This programming note NEPM's EPM's Week in Review will take a different form starting next Friday. Our public affairs program and another thing will take an in-depth look at the region's top stories of the week. You'll hear many of the same guests as you've heard over the years here on the shortlist, but with more time to discuss what's going on. You can catch that beginning next Friday at 6 p.m. As for the shortlist, this is our last program for now. I want to offer my sincere thanks to all of the talented journalists who have helped make our little segment what it's been over the last six years. And, of course, a big thank you to all of you as well who have made us a part of your Friday afternoons. You can still check out our previous shows at nepm.org slash podcast hub. I'm Adam Frenier, and this is New England Public Media.